Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the city of Angels where Rams still in first place. And oh yeah, by the way, the Chargers keep winning. Had two teams in L.A. for 15 minutes. Both are in first place. Want to point out, New York City, you've had teams forever, both in last place. Uh... Look, we got a ton of things to get to. Metric ton. We need to talk about John Carlos Stanton, who's uh, part of the new Bronx Baby Bombers, and uh, the dramatic change in the Yankees between in, just happened in one weekend. John Randall, Hall of Famer, will join us. We'll talk to him about the Vikings. Also asked him about, remember when he used to put on the eye black? It's almost like he was wearing the, a mask. Right? He had some great eye black. He was like one of the first eye black guys. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, the Pro Bowl running back, joins me in 15 minutes as he does every week. We get through the worst decision of the weekend. Um, and before we get to 
the quarterbacks that are motorcycles and the quarterbacks that are cars and why a car is always a better mode of transportation than a, than a uh, motorcycle. I should point out that while it was a disastrous weekend yet again for injuries, it was a great weekend to watch the NFL. I, like I think most of you, could not take my eyes off of the Bills-Colts game. And before you say, should have played the game, before you say, that should have cleared off the field, just know this. Did you watch the game? You probably had the same thought in mind about, I can't. And then think for a second. You are watching a terrible Colts team take on an average Bills team with a third-string quarterback for the Bills playing, and you couldn't take your eyes off it. Why? Because it's a great TV sport. Wouldn't want to be there in person. Awesome watch on TV. And everybody who ever played football is like, man, I would love to have played in that game. Uh, From that until last night's Sunday night game in which the Steelers found a way to win, as they seemingly do every week. They toy with the opponent. They look like they were beaten up defensively. One, not having Ryan Chazier. And two, on a short week after a vicious Monday night football game, Steelers found a way. Or maybe the Ravens found a way to lose one. But telling week, interesting week in the National Football League. And of course, we'll get to Seattle's meltdown when the bully got bullied by the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line. All that to come. But I was watching football yesterday with my son, who's eight years old. And he's just gotten into the age. He li- he's always liked Odell Beckham Jr., He's always liked kind of the star players and the J.J. Watson because he, like so many kids, they grow up, they watch highlights, right? I'll never forget his first year playing flag football, which is like three years ago. He's playing flag football, and he's like, he comes over to me at halftime. He's like, Dad, where are all the highlights? I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, Dad, most of these plays have no highlights. Like, yeah, that's because this is how football is played, right? Like, it's kind of can be boring, 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 and then, in the NFL, they call them explosives, like you call an explosive play, and that's when you get some of these deep uh, pass plays down the field. Like, hey, dude, life is not full of highlights. You capture a highlight because they once a game, once a, a season sort of moment. But he wouldn't watch the games up until recently. So last night or yesterday, we were watching Eagles-Rams. Eagles-Rams, which is two of the premier teams in the National Football League. Obviously, the Eagles have already suffered a couple of devastating injuries before yesterday's completely devastating injury to Carson Wentz in which he tore his ACL early in the game. Carson Wentz on third down was back in the pocket. He steps up in the pocket and there's nobody in front of him. Nobody. There's no spy. There's no nothing. And it looks again to us. We're watching uh, on television, the game play in the LA Coliseum. He could run to his left. He could run to his right. It's third and four. He could pick up the first down It's like dad. Run it. Why won't he run? And I was like, look, man, let me just explain to you. There's an expression in the NFL. You don't get faster. Everybody else does. And he's like, so? I was like, well, here's the so. When you're in the pocket as a quarterback, they they are not allowed to hit you from the neck up. Can't touch you. And they're not allowed to hit you from the knee down. Like there are, I can't hit a guy in those area rules. And then once you throw the ball, can't touch you. They got like a split second, then can't touch you. Once you run the football, all bets are off. Unless you slide. And he's like, well, why don't you just run and slide? Go, it sounds great. 
but it's a little bit harder than it looks because you don't get faster. Everybody else does. And when they hit you, they hurt you. Like he should have just run it later on the game. Of course, Carson Wentz scramble scores a touchdown. Uh, and as we've come to learn, tears his ACL. We saw the move that Cam Newton put on. Who's the defender uh, from the Minnesota Vikings who got juked? We still, he, he should have torn his ACLs or not should have, but felt like he tore his ACLs. Uh, on a an incredible cut, incredible juke by Cam Newton. Uh, it set up, uh, it set up, but the go ahead score, the winning score, as the uh, Carolina Panthers got a much needed win against the depleted Minnesota Vikings team that didn't have much of their offensive line. More on that to come. It was Andrew Sandejo, wasn't it? Sandejo. Uh, it wasn't as bad. You know, a couple of these guys they they get leapt over because they don't see what they hit. Right? Sandejo just got juke. Just there was. Uh, what's it that Bill Raftery says? Lingerie on the floor, right? He got juked out of his jockstrap. The Cam Newton run is running mobile quarterbacks are like motorcycles. Pocket quarterbacks are cars. Now, let's be honest about the motorcycle thing. Before we get to the downside, the pro side is looks kind of cool right like i'm not a big tom cruise guy but tom cruise kind of owns top gun when he's on a motorcycle every dude like even if you're not a motorcycle dude like you know i would like to have a harley um motorcycles are cool they're quicker they're uh, more fuel efficient if you're for example in southern california you can go uh, not only in the carpool lane but in and out of traffic so traffic affects you less Parking is easier. They're less expensive. Did I mention they're quicker? They're faster. There's air wind in your face. You're free as a bird. You're, you're as close to flying on the ground as anything you can experience. There is the one downside to motorcycles, which is if you hit anything or if anything hits you, a lot of times the motorcycle, the problem's not the motorcycle. The problem is no one other drivers of cars can't see the motorcycle or don't pay attention. Don't respect how quick or how close they are. Anything hits you, anything touches you, the likelihood of you seriously hurting yourself is exponentially higher than it is if you're in a car. Cars are safer than they have ever been, much like throwing from the pocket is safer than it's ever been, right? Like you're, when we were kids, there used to be, I mean, look at the rates of death in automobile accidents between taking many drunk drivers off the road and instituting seatbelt laws and the general general safety of cars, it's way safer than it's ever been to drive a car. You get your seatbelt on, you got airbags, not just front, but side. Now, you can put the windows down, it's not the same thing. Your dog might think it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. You can go fast in a car. I have a really quick car. It is not a motorcycle. You can have a fuel-efficient car. It's not as fuel-efficient as a motorcycle. Traffic, still a problem. Right? They're more expensive. They're more clunky. They turn slower. They speed up slower. They slow down slower. They're bigger, but they're safer. And yeah, absolutely. Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone in the pocket. We've seen Tom Brady tore his knee in the pocket. Okay. Philip Rivers tore his ACL 
in the pocket. Like it does, you do get hurt. People do get injured in automobile accidents every day. But the percentage of likelihood of you getting hurt, as opposed to when you're in a motorcycle, again, exponentially higher. Motorcycle's more fun. Motorcycle's more sexy. Motorcycle, put a chick on the back. She's like gripping onto you. Like everybody's got that image. Like I'm gonna get a babe in the back. Motorcycle, she's gripping to me. She's scared. I'm tough. Get there fast. Take my helmet off. Carry my helmet inside, even when I don't. What's the what TV show? Was it was it Seinfeld that that he carried a helmet inside? Was it Friends where he didn't actually have a motorcycle? Anyway, my point is that look, Carson Wentz is not even really a he's not even really like a running quarterback. He's more like a convertible, right? He's more a pocket passer who can in fact run. But, dude, you start running, you get out on the edges, you get to where they can hit you and they can hurt you, you become, a, you become a motorcycle. And there is no protection out there for you, you know, other than you can slide feet first. And even that is really hard because these guys are competitive. You get close to the end zone, you're like, dude, I want to dive in the end zone. I want to score. It was a freak play he tore his ACL on. But you can cross the Eagles off as Super Bowl contenders. They're not going to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Stop it. I, I like Nick Foles. I've actually played basketball with Nick Foles. Nick Foles is like a really good basketball player. Good dude. And I think, you know, because his second year in Philadelphia, the last time around, didn't work out well. And because the trade to the Rams, by the way, a really good trade uh, last time around for the Eagles to get Sam Bradford. But because all that didn't work out, your image of Nick Foles, he's a... He's one of those guy who can start, not really a starter. You're replacing the MVP of the league, and you have all of the other injuries. Here's their head coach, Doug Peterson, on the injury. People thought our chances were, were, were gone by the wayside when Jason Peters went down, too, and when Darren Sproles goes down. And to the fans out there, they, they can't, you can't lose faith. I mean, this, is, this has been a resilient football team. Uh, all season long and if there's ever an opportunity for me as a head football coach to to rally the troops you know now now might be the time listen it sounds great like uh oh, no jason peters we got it no darren Sproles, we're good no carson wentz man up it's philadelphia everybody hates us like no no dude we don't hate you we actually like carson wentz right we like carson wentz i mean i i think who was it at halftime who was calling Carson Wentz on the Fox broadcast was saying like, that's next, next John Elway. I think it was Howie Long, right? Howie Long's in there like, that's the next John Elway. Then he tears his ACL. Like, no, 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 everybody likes you. You're just not winning a Super Bowl with the litany of injuries. So like I told my eight-year-old son, I'll tell you now. Stay in the pocket, kids. And if you want a quarterback that is destined to uh, be healthy, his entire, the more likely to be healthy, for a longer period of time during his career, you want a guy who was a car, not a motorcycle. Motorcycles are fun. Motorcycles are sexy. Motorcycles are quicker, slow down faster, more agile, win in your face, feel like a dog, kind of like a bird. Got it. Drive a car. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. D'Angelo Williams joins us every week. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's an opinionated uh, NFL analyst here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. And um, look, I, I thought I want to get to you know, Dubman's decision of the week. I know that's what you love to start with. But I want to start with last night's game in which the Steelers had a 14-0 lead. Then they're down 11 late. 
Uh, don't get one two-point conversion. Do get another one. Find a way to win. I I felt like a good. There's two things that led their defense to being just slashed by the Baltimore Ravens. One short week after a viciously physical game against the Bengals, and two not having Shazier. I thought those two things really hurt him. Is is that what led to Baltimore running up and down the field against them? Uh, no, it actually led to a lot of missed tackles. Is what it led to. That's why the game was as close as it was and had to come from behind and win the game. Uh, ben played safe that game. I was very surprised and shocked, even though he went for over 500 yards and throwing the ball. He didn't throw any interceptions, and he didn't take the risk that's normally associated with being Ben doing Ben. Uh, he didn't take those risks, and it told me another thing, too, just by looking at that Baltimore offense uh, when going into this next week against the New England Patriots. If you have a good running back and a running game, you can hurt or punish this Pittsburgh defense. That's something New England does not have. So I like my chances with the Steelers beating New England this coming week. All right. Uh, I'll just I'll say this. I, I think the dumbest decision of the week is the easiest one this week where uh, the Houston Texans put Tom Savage back out there after he's yes. convulsing on the sideline. Uh, it's yes. gross. Um, I, yes. I, 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 don't, I don't hold. O'Brien said had he seen the video, uh, he wouldn't have put him back out there, and I tend to believe him. Right? I don't think anybody could see. But how can the doctors not see that? I don't. If they're, if they're, well, if, I, I, I'm not even putting this on the doctors, Doug. This is the issue that I have, man. I put this solely uh, on John Husey, which was the ref. Uh, he saw the entire thing unfold right there in front of him. But not only did I put it on the ref, I put it on the NFL, and this is why I put it on the NFL. The NFL. Per the collective bargaining agreement, I mean, if you want to put on NFLPA, you can do that. If you want to put on NFL, but this goes beyond the doctors on the sideline. Right now, if you was to wear something, some shoes, whether you wear some gloves or something, some article that you shouldn't be wearing on the football field, you'll get a call from New York. They'll let the rest know, and the rest will not let you on the field at all until you remove the illegal garment from your persons, whether it's your glove, your shoes, your necklace, whatever they deem illegal for you to wear on the field, the refs will not let you in the game. There's no way you can you can tell me that nobody in New York saw that Tom Savage went down like that, uh, knew that it was something seriously wrong with him, and John, the ref, watched it happen in front of him because he checked on him to make sure that he was okay, got him up, he walked off, and then allowed this guy to come back into the game. That's New York. And that's the referee. If you could, if you could penalize me and not let me in the game because I have an illegal garment on or uh, promoting a company that's not associated with the NFL, you can damn sure keep me out of the game if you notice something serious happened to me and the doctors in the sideline don't know because we're gladiators. We're going to lie. We're going to try to get back in the game. We don't think about health. We think about our guys next to us, this family, that we, these football players that you call football players, we call family that we don't want to let them down, and we know that they have a better chance to win with me being on the field at 50, 40, or 30, or even 70% as opposed to being 100%. So I've been trying to figure out, like, not necessarily who fault it was, but who to blame. Because, again, if you wear an illegal garment or wear something, some beats on it, wear beats in the game, they won't let you in that game because right. it's not a licensed product for the NFL – and therefore, you cannot come on the field. 
But then if you wear something that's approved by the NFL, then you're fine to come in. But yet you can get a concussion. Clear as day, refs see it and people in New York see it and then allowed to come back on the football field. That's crazy to me, Doug. Um, like, where can you do that? It's it's really hard to fight a war these war anymore because now we the the images which started really in Vietnam once video images came back stateside people just don't have the stomach to see any of our best and brightest uh, getting hurt or even worse yet being killed in action. I bring that up because I kind of feel that like that's what's gonna happen to the NFL or maybe more importantly or. Uh, to, to youth football, to youth tackle football, like high school football, that image was so jarring. And you put it in combination with Ryan Shazier's uh, laying motionless and holding his back and now being in a hospital on Monday night. And then you have the concussion studies. I, I don't, I don't know, Dan, like I understand the, the type of mental and physical toughness it takes in order to play football. And that you as an adult made that decision I think it's different when you talk about a high school kids. I, I that was a really bad moment for football. Not just putting him back out there, just the image of him shaking and convulsing after after being hit. It, it was a horrible image, Doug. But I'm going to tell you something, and this is crazy, and it's going to sound crazy when I say it, but it's the absolute 100 percent truth. And this is the this is the fact of the matter, and I, and I I almost don't want to say this. But I'm going to say it. Nobody cares about football players unless it directly affects them. So as long as fantasy football is around and people can make money off of it directly, then they don't care. They just want those fantasy points. No, I, listen, I, I understand fantasy. that, D'Angelo, but I'm talking about like high school football. All, I, was, I, got in, like I tweeted about it yesterday. I, I give it 10 years of high school football because here's the way it works. All it takes is a study followed by a class action lawsuit against the state and then football tackle football becomes uninsurable by those by that state. Once it becomes uninsurable, there is no more tackle football in high schools. Now you still would have college football, but you'll have flag up until college. I honestly think that's the way that's the way we're progressing. The numbers of tackle football I, participants I are down. I, I don't think it'll happen, Doug. Uh, the 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 number of driving I can, I can, uh, people that's driving cars. That's not down. I mean, you, you you subject yourself to the same treatment once you get behind the wheel of a car, in a car with somebody, for an accident. There's more people that get killed or hurt or concussed in car accidents than it is in people playing football. But people are not driving cars less. I mean, the, the, the market for cars aren't down. Well, look, you need a car in order. First, you need a, a car in order to get to work. Secondly, actually, deaths, deaths and injuries behind the wheel of motor vehicle are down substantially. There just isn't a way to protect people from this. And for it's a as a voluntary high school sport, I'm telling you, those images are real. For a look, I grew up. I played football growing up as a kid. Okay, my mom and dad they signed the permission slip. It was no big deal. I'm, I got an eight-year-old son who's an athlete, loves football. He's like, I want to play tackle football. And I don't think it would affect him, but why run the risk? Why throw him out there if there's the risk of of uh, of hurting his brain? Let alone, forget about, we're not, we don't even talk about what Shazier went through, which is the back and neck injuries, which have always been the reason that people have been hesitant to let their kids play. I, I just don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, and it's not going anywhere. I mean, football is going to be here to stay. I don't know if you know this, they just signed a $2.5 billion contract to stream this game. So somebody's watching. Somebody's not 
turning the TV off. I mean, people are upset and in an uproar because of the injuries that happened to these players and their devastating injuries, but it's like a bad car crash. Like, you, you don't want to watch, but you can't turn away. D'Angelo Williams, D'Angelo Williams joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Minnesota Vikings came in. They were depleted, especially on their offensive line. But Cam Newton made some plays, especially with his legs, that ended up uh, uh, getting uh, getting them to uh, to victory. I don't know what the hell he's wearing out after the game, but I guess you play that well. It doesn't really matter. Uh, how impressed were you, or were you impressed by the Panthers' ability to beat the Vikings yesterday at home? I, I was very impressed. Uh, they made Case Keenum look like. Uh, he was still at Houston playing football in college. I, I like that. I, I like that, that Cam's the mobile quarterback that he is and that he's able to get things done with his legs when his arm's not quite working the way he wanted it to work or the Vikings secondary is playing higher than they should be playing in terms of guarding his receivers. I like the fact that he put it on his back and that he had that 60-yard rush there at the end of the game and ultimately capped it off with the – Jonathan Stewart touchdown. I mean, that's what they needed. He stepped up and he delivered when he had to after throwing the pick right before and them coming down and, you know, uh, them missing the seven points. They had a couple drop balls there uh, and ultimately got one overturned, therefore ended up kicking the field goal. But, yeah, I, I like the way the Cam played football. All right, let's, let's get to the Seahawks. Um, look, the Seahawks have always been a team that uh, walk the walk and talk the talk, right, especially Richard Sherman. They don't have Sherman, don't have Cam Chancellor. And against the Jaguars, Jaguars lined up, and when they needed a first down, they hand the ball to Leonard Fournette, and they ran right at that defensive line. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, he got ugly. Uh, some on on field fights, which seemed to be started by uh, you know Michael Bennett, who I think he thought he got stepped on, yeah. and he rolls up on 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 a dude. And then there's some cheap shots and some fights, and then the ejections, and then. Jefferson, I think, wouldn't leave the field. And then somebody hurls a beer at him when he wouldn't leave the field. Then he tries to go up in the stand. Somebody else uh, hurls a beer into him, uh, beer at him. Um, just as a former player who has played in some really tough environments, just on the field, what was your takeaway on Seattle and Jacksonville in terms of the fights and who's to blame? <laughs> you don't want to know, Mike. Yes, I do. Man. I wouldn't have had you on uh, unless uh, I want to know. Dude, that was football at its purest form, man, you, you go back and you look at the times where, you know, you had guys smoking cigarettes on the sideline and people respected those football players because they thought they were badasses. So they never would challenge them. They never threw the beers. I mean, you go to New York and they threw snowballs at, at Santa Claus. That's Philly. I mean, yeah, right. Well, Philly. Yeah. yeah. yeah they throw snowballs at Santa Claus. So you, you look back at all these things and the NFL has tried their best to protect the fans from us, but there's nothing in place outside of streaking where we're protected from the fans. So the guy that threw the beer at him, I mean, at Jefferson, I mean, he, he's not going to get penalized. They probably don't even, they're not even looking for him. They always, they, they're looking for the, the, the guy in Jefferson because he's the one with all the money. We can get in his pocket, so let's just find or suspend him because we know who he is as opposed to spending all our time and money in investigations trying to find a fan that threw an $8 beer. You know, that, so you, you go where the, the smoke is, and normally where there's smoke, there's fire, and that's Jefferson. But watching the fights on the field, man, I, it got my blood boiling. I mean, that's when you get up and you're ready to play. Whether it was cheap shots or not, it's just the perspective of who you're looking at. Are you a, if you're a Seattle fan, you're just like, hey, you know, they shouldn't have did this, but if you – you know, you're looking at it from a, a Jacksonville Jaguars stand, you're like, man, that was just a cheap shot. 
So it's all about perspective, man. I When I was looking at it, I was like, dude, this is insane. If the NFL doesn't get their hands around this situation early, which they didn't, it's going to escalate into what it did escalate into, fines and suspensions potentially coming coming forth because there's no way that they can't do anything with suspending Juju uh, uh, Schuster for his, uh, for his, his crackback block. Yeah. yeah, so so his hit. So they, they have to come back and they have to do something because they're they're reactionary. That's that's the NFL. Like they react. They don't. They they're not proactive. They're reactive. Well, I mean, so because they're reactive, this happens. Okay, so I guess my thought though is like, isn't this what isn't this what former champions do, right? Especially when 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 you're not as good as you used to be, right? But you've been there before and you know kind of all the tricks. You get a little dirty, like we saw it in basketball. Remember the Celtics. After they won that one championship with the big three, with KG and Paul Pierce and then Ray Allen. When Ray Allen left, they weren't really a championship team, but they were always starting something, right? You even go back to the Pistons, and when they, they, they always tried to mess with Jordan. They walked off the court when they got swept by the Bulls. We've seen this in the NFL when, you know, teams, when, when they lose a step or two, well, let's just fight. Uh, why not? Because, you know, like, look, other teams are still scared of the image. In this particular case, Jacksonville stood up to the challenge, but it feels like Seattle knows the end is near, especially with all these injuries, and their best-case scenario is to try and get in your head to try and be a little bit dirty. I, 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 got, I got something to ask you, Doug. All right, go ahead. This is going to kind of be way off kilter because you've kind of said it a couple of times, and I don't know how much time we have, but... Um, you said something earlier that just kind of got my attention. I've been wanting to talk about it kind of all week, and I was hoping that we'd get a chance to talk about it a little bit. So Tom Brady uh, and well, Odell Beckham Jr. posted a video. Did you see the video? Yeah, he's Comparing himself to, to Tom Brady? Yep. Right. And a lot of people was pissed off and upset that OBJ would even put himself in the same video as the great Tom Brady. But it had nothing to do with that. It was just that people's perspective, because when you're winning and successful, you're allowed to do those things because we can understand why you do those things. But when you're not successful and you do the same thing, then there's, there has to be a reason behind it. You're a thug or you're, you're just you're, you're a crybaby, you're a whiner, but you're doing the same thing another person's doing that's successful and everything doesn't add up. That's similar to what you're saying about the Seahawks right now. It was the same thing that you said earlier about – Cam Newton and, you know, him being successful as a quarterback. When they're winning, he's a successful, he's good, he's doing this, 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 and this right. But he could do the same thing and they could be losing and it'll be a different conversation. I, I would say so, this in regards, in regards to OBJ. Look, I, I didn't like the video and I'll tell you why. Like, they're a wide receiver and a quarterback, completely different positions of leadership. Plus, what, what give me the things that Tom Brady has done to bring attention, negative attention to himself or to his team as opposed to Odell Beckham Jr., Who's well, arguably he, he hold on, hold on. Oh, who, okay. who, he did the he did the he got in the fight. He got Josh Norman got in his head and he got into a fight and got himself suspended. Right, he's had so he's had that kind of ongoing issue. He had he had the deal with the uh, with the kicking net. Right, then he scores a touchdown and does the the pee on the goalpost, pee on the goal, which is just it was just dumb. More than I didn't think it was anything sinister. He had the uh, remember they they go down on the boat the week before they're playing in the playoffs, which I don't care about, but if you're going to go on a boat the week before the playoffs, you better be play well when you play in the playoffs, and they did not. So if you can go and find the things that Tom Brady has done to bring negative attention 
to himself or to his team, then yeah, I can see a correlation between him OBJ yelling at dudes in the sideline as opposed to Tom Brady yelling at dudes in the sideline. So there is, in fact, a difference between the two. Oh, so because he has a troubled past, you know, he doesn't get he doesn't get the he doesn't get that. Oh, he's changed. He's just going back to his old ways. I'm no, just I don't think it, was, sure it wasn't past. It was this year, and it's not a troubled past. Like, look, OBJ is he's the classic super talented wide receiver. No one's disputing the fact he's a freak talent, D'Angelo. But he right. super talented wide receivers generally are look at me dudes. I mean, no, look, he wants to be the highest paid player on earth. Yeah, he does. And he's the probably the best wide receiver in the game. But all these things have taken away from his team, either causing him to be suspension, suspended, causing his coach to have to answer questions about him, causing a distraction within the team. Like, you can like him and still be real with who he is. I don't think it's a troubled past. I don't think it's necessarily trouble. It's just nonsense that's look at me instead of making the team better. Whereas Brady has been a team guy, has been a winner, and yeah, he yells at Josh McDaniels, and yeah, then he apologizes and and brings it back. But there isn't the other nonsense that OBJ has brought in at this stage in his career. So, so with that being said, it would be safe for me to compare OBJ to Gronk in terms of yes. bringing negativity to Correct. himself. So that would totally be a fair. great correlation. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a better comparison. Absolutely. Okay. That, that's all I'm just trying to make sure of because this is the issue that I have with a lot of people. And these are fans that watch it like they okay things when people have great careers and are great football players. But then the guys that don't have those okay careers, uh, I'll give you a case in point. Grunk is the same person as Johnny Manziel in terms of what he did in the National Football League. He partied all the time. He drank. He did all that. Outside of the domestic violence, like him and Gronk were the same person. Come on, come on, man. Party oh, come on, man. Come on. Like he, you don't think so? No, no. Are you serious right no. now, Doug? Like no, he didn't. Gronk didn't. Gronk's never gotten suspended for for drug use. Okay, Gronk didn't show up late to 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 games or practices. Gronk, Gronk didn't do those things. <laughs> what? And 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 you know this, D'Angelo. It's different when you're a quarterback than when you're than when you're a tight end. It just is. It's a different. You have so to have. A, you have it, to have. Why you have, is it different? Because. Because it's a At position the of, of day, leadership. It's because of the different. No, because position players. of. It, it's not. Like, come on, man. It's not. You know, it's not. You you know that in every locker room you've been in, that the quarterback is held to a higher standard. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. That's that's my that's there there there's there's the now so so you can't compare Menzel to Gronk because the positions are different and Gronk's never been suspended for any of the any you of the off-field you don't stuff. think that's a, you don't think that's a cop out though because of the position change because at the end of the day we're all football players and we should all be held to the same standard. But that's not the reality so of that's not just not the reality. It's not the reality of it. It's not not the reality of it. Plus, he had a a predetermined reputation coming in and he lived he lived down to it, if you will. Right. And so, all right, look, we got to really? run, huh? We, we got to run. I understand. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I actually think you're contradicting yourself within what you're saying. Really? Doug, that's, that's unbelievable. I can't wait to have re- revisit this discussion next Monday. We will, we will possibly do so. Although we got Patriots and Steelers next week. We'll probably talk about that a ton. Great stuff. D'Angelo. Thanks for joining us. I, I that, like the Steelers by five. Like the Steelers by five. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The end of the Seahawks game could have been worse than the malice at the Palace. Could have been. Could have been. 
Quinton Jefferson got ejected. A bunch of Seahawks got ejected. Here, here's what it looked like watching on TV. I can't tell you I watched the entire game. I can tell you that Blake Bortles played pretty darn well again. Second week in a row, played pretty well. The, the Jags got so tight, they nearly choked that thing away. But it's basically Russell Wilson trying to throw the ball deep, and it worked a couple times to get them back in contention to win the game. Uh, but the Seahawks punt. The Jaguars get it. All they need is one first down to win the game. They get the first down, handing it to Leonard Fournette, who goes off tackle to the left-hand side. And after that, it just got really, really ugly. Bunch of cheap shots, bunch of fights. And it 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 felt like, it felt a lot like when the Pistons were beaten by the Bulls. And Isaiah Thomas led them to duck their heads and walk off the court. It felt like, felt like the Celtics a couple years ago when they knew they weren't championship contenders and they started trying to fight everybody with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Rondo, they start trying to fight everybody. Like if you can't beat them, fight them. This is, this happened to me when I was uh, the day before my first day of high school. I grew up playing at a park, Miles Square Park in Fountain Valley, California. Miles Square Park is a square mile. It has just about everything you can think of. It's got a golf course, you know, public golf course, whatever. Uh, it's got a little gym and community center. It's got all kinds of, like, anything you think of all in this uh, regional park. And on, what is that, Brookhurst? I think it's on Brookhurst, which is in between the 405 and the 22. If you're ever in Southern Orange County, like, you go there on a Saturday morning and there are games. There's nine outdoor courts. Uh, maybe six. I'm trying to think there's three rows of them. I can't really remember if they're two or they're three. Anyway, my dad used to bring me there at like 7.30 in the morning. Early crew was there. And he'd call game for me. And I'd get in the game. And then he'd watch me play a little bit. And then he'd go and do some stuff. And like, he'd leave me five bucks. I'd go across the street and get a, a Coke and a piece of pizza. And I'd come back and I'd play with the lunch group. And then I'd go back and I'd get a Gatorade and I'd play with the afternoon group. They're like three different groups. And I did this like from probably seventh, eighth grade on up through high school. This is where I played pickup basketball. It's where you learn to play. And my dad would come pick me up at either noon or at three or four o'clock, whatever. And one time I was playing right before I was entering high school. And uh, I was a pretty good little player. I was playing against a guy named Joe Small, who was a good player at Cal State Fullerton. And I caught a heater and I was lighting him up. And here I am like a high school freshman. I'm 15 years old. And I'm lighting up a guy who's playing in college who's like 19 years old. And uh, his guys are talking trash to him because little white kids lighting him up. And uh, he drives in the lane on me and purposely like throws a bow while clearing out space for himself to lay it in. I got blood like everywhere. If you go back and look at my high school freshman photo, like I have a big nose. I'm not disputing that. Some of it is God-given. Some of it is basketball given. It was especially large because I had freshman pictures the very next day. And my dad told me something then, which I know to be true in sports, which is they can't beat you. They'll want to fight you. And that's what happened with the Seahawks yesterday. And look, this is, they've always operated in fast and loose. They've always operated us against the world. They've always operated kind of that Indomitian Sioux mentality, which is like, you know what? It's not bad if you're a little bit scared of us. You think we're a little bit dirty. Here's Pete Carroll on how the game ended. It's really unfortunate how it ends, you know, with everybody getting scrapping and all that at the end, because we had a chance to get the ball back, and, and uh, unfortunately we weren't able to, to, to work that out properly. 
Um, and we have to be you know, we have to be more poised than that. Yeah, you got to be more poised than that. But he look, this is who P, is how Pete Carroll operates now, right? He's not calling out guys individually. He's never taking, and he's definitely you know sometimes he'll take the blame more than the players should blame. Now, Quinton Jefferson was the player who he wasn't the only Seahawk ejected. He was walking off the field. Some people were yelling at him. He could have just walked away. Instead, he turns around and threatens to come up. And as he threatens to come up, somebody threw hurled a, hurled a beer at him. Now he gets really mad. Now he starts trying to climb up in there. That's a good idea, right? That's going to end. I'm just thinking this is going to end well. Uh, some security guy horse collars and pulls him down, and another beer comes his way. Here's Jefferson. I don't know how, what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm a human, just like anybody else. Like, I'm, not, I'm a man, just like the, the other man in the stands. And not unless somebody disrespect me, throw a beer on me. Like just because I'm playing football, I'm still a human being. I'm still a man. Dude, get off the field. Get off the field. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to leave the football stadium. You're supposed to go in the locker room, take your helmet, shoulder pads off. Take a shower, cool off, answer questions, get on a plane, fly home to your wife and to your kids. It doesn't make what they've said, what they say to you, or throwing a beer at you the right thing. I am not in any way, especially, hey, like, look, I can tell you Jaguar fans act like you've been there before, but they'd have to act like they've been there before because they ain't been there before. And look, I continue, I, every, anytime I've ever been to an NFL game, team times I watch NFL games, I just continue to think, why would anybody take my, their family to an NFL game? It, it, you would think they price the lowest common denominator out of the market, but they haven't. They haven't. Like, fights in the stands, dudes smoking weed in the stands, guys just so plowed drunk that they can't. They're just, like, we see video every week of this. Sadly, those are the people who will attend an NFL game. It doesn't make you any less of a man to simply walk into the locker room, take off your helmet and shoulder pads, and get ready for the trip home. I'm a man. What am I supposed to do? You were walking away, and then somebody said something, and it got you all mad, and you stopped, and you turned around. Like, don't make act like you don't hear them. They paid to watch you play. You already won. Already won. It, it's no different than on Twitter, the mute button, right? My man, Seth Davis calls it squashing ants. He said the mute button. You don't have to respond to some hater on Twitter. You don't have to respond to some hater in the stands. They paid to watch you play. Doesn't make you any less of a man to walk away and walk into the locker room. And had he simply done that, they wouldn't have thrown the beers. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app. Who can give us better perspective than one of the all-time great Vikings? A guy who uh, you will see the premiere of a football life on his life. John Randall, the Hall of Famer, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. John, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. Well, before I get to the current Vikes, um, what's it like to have a movie about your about your life, about your football life? It's uh, unbelievable. You know, um, I'm just almost like... Uh, I'm lost for words because, uh, you know, I'm a small kid from Texas and uh, the small town of 150 people. And uh, all of a sudden have someone say that they're going to do a story about your life. It's just, it, it's almost sometimes feels like it's, it's, it's a joke or something. 
Yeah, I mean, especially when you started at Trinity Valley College and then you went to Texas A&M Kingsville. Like, you didn't go to big Texas A&M at College Station. You went to Texas A&M Kingsville. How did you go from a guy that everybody missed on to becoming a Hall of Famer? Well, you know, coming into the National Football League, I was undersized. I was only about 245, and and uh, they I got here. I got to Minnesota. They said that I needed to gain some weight, and uh, but it wasn't. And they wanted me to gain weight in about a month or two, and I knew I wasn't going to gain about gain ten pounds that quickly. So uh, they had me kind of playing special teams and just trying to build up my size. And it just I was only six two, and everybody wanted me to play linebacker. And I can remember my brother was playing down at Tampa, and he even asked me, told me that they were going to do, they wanted to give me a, uh, a chance to make the Tampa roster. And I told him, no way. I said, no, I'm a defensive lineman. I belong at the defensive line position. And I remember flying to Minnesota at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, it was snowing in Minnesota. And I didn't know anybody, not uh, but maybe one scout who had looked at me. But I didn't realize that the scout it was blowing me a bunch of, bunch of smoke up my butt because he told me, you got a, bit, a really good chance of making Minnesota. So, but – Later on, I found out they they were only bringing me in for for extra reps for for a week or two. Then they were going to release me. But I came in and uh, really surprised a lot of people because my hard work is what I performed a lot of the other defensive linemen. Uh, one of the things I think people are going to learn about your football life they don't remember from uh, when you were inducted in the Hall of Fame is you you didn't grow up like normal. Like you didn't grow up playing football every day, like going to trainers, like, no, 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 you grew up super poor, uh, working, uh, what's the what's the oddest job you worked as a kid? Oh, my God. I had a job uh, chopping cotton with my mom for $2 an hour. Uh, I've, I've had jobs. Uh, I did one. I uh, was a janitor. I waxed floors. I had a job uh, building scaffolds. I mowed lawns. I've had jobs uh, uh, picking watermelons out of uh, fields. I've, I had most a lot of weird country jobs that most people would have passed over, but I knew we needed the money, and so I took them. In the summertime, I, I took those jobs and uh, you know made the most out of it. Uh, made the most out of it. Um, when was the first time you put the eye black on? Because uh, for those of us who remember your you know your consistent dominance in the backfield, sacking quarterbacks, double-digit sacks almost every year. Uh, you would, uh, you know, under, you would have, like, the kind of the eye the eye black, uh, I, I can't, it's not like Batman. I'm, I'm trying to, how would you, what, what's it called? What was the design called, and when did you first do it? It was kind of like it just, uh, we we started out just kind of rubbing it underneath my eyes, and as I was rubbing it underneath my eyes, my teammates were doing some military-type stuff across their face, and I just started rubbing it underneath my eyes, and it kind of rubbed down underneath my cheeks in almost like a, a triangle way. And uh, it just started kind of growing after that where I just started putting more and more, and uh, it just helped me get in the right frame of mind for game day. And uh, But we started doing it about, uh, about 95, 96 season, and uh, just kept doing it every game. John Randall joining us, the Hall of Famer, who, of course, a member of some of those great uh, – uh, great Vikings team, the best of which was the 98 team. And, yeah. um, you know, the 98 team playing at home in the in the Humphrey Dome. And, of course, you know, your, you know, your field goal kicker 
Um, hadn't missed a field goal the entire season, the entire yeah. season. And then Morton Anderson misses one that would have won you the game. Uh, you mean Gary Anderson? Yes, Gary. Gary Anderson. Sorry, I got the wrong Anderson. Gary Anderson missed a field goal. Would have won you the game against um, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. How much yeah. of all the things you've accomplished, how much does that game come back up in your memories when you think about your football career? Uh, that's probably the one that comes up the most because that was that season seemed like the season was so short. It seemed like a short season, and everything just seemed to just to go into place. We were everybody was just was, was staying healthy. Everybody was was uh, together. Everybody was focused on the one goal of getting to the Super Bowl, and we just knew it. I mean, even when we lost to Tampa, we still knew. Like you know what? Okay, that's behind us. We still know we're going to get to the Super Bowl, and we just continue to just keep doing it. And uh, but it's just it was one of those seasons where it just I mean everybody would listen to that song from Will Smith about going to Miami. Yep. And uh, we all was just man, it was just such a that's it's something that comes up like something somebody would say something about hey you remember 1998 and I'll go do I. 98, of course I do. You know, so it's always reoccurring in my mind. Something sticks in there. It's, it's one of those games that uh, if I could replay a game, that would be the one game that I would like to replay. You know, the, the sad thing is, you guys are 15-1 that year. If people don't remember, Randy Moss just coming into his prime. Chris Carter, of course, you had Robert Smith. Randall Cunningham had a resurgent year. Brian Bilks, your offense coordinator. Defense was sick. Offense was awesome. Playing at home. Dome, you couldn't hear. So guys like yourself on that fast artificial turf, you had a great get-off. And yeah. I know it, was, it was a great football team. In many ways, you guys were the best team in football. You just came up one field goal short, really. Um, I, I bring that up because there are Viking fans that think they're forever cursed. And Bradford gets hurt, they survive. Uh, Dalvin Cook gets hurt, they survive. How, how much caution should we throw into the wind with the injuries on that offensive line and how they looked yesterday? Well, you know, that offensive line, I mean, that's, that's the key to any team is that offensive line. But uh, if, you, if you look at it, of, of a quarterback getting hurt, I mean, if you look at the past t- Super Bowl teams that have done that. I mean, you look back at St. Louis Rams doing that. You look at the uh, uh, the New England Patriots with, with uh, Tom Brady. I mean, it's, it's one guy's injury; it's the next guy's opportunity. So, yeah, they're, they're, in football there will be injuries, but it's always about the next guy stepping up and 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 doing his job. And uh, but you know, it, it it people try to always try to reflect upon the injuries and all this and that. Like, but you know, like I said. It's always about the next guy stepping up. Myself, and uh, I look at when, when Keith Millard got hurt and uh, Dennis Green telling me I was the next man up. And uh, it's always the next guy's opportunity. But that next guy's got to realize that with this opportunity, you can't be afraid of it. You've got to step in those shoes and, and fill those shoes the way in, in your way, not his way, but play it the way that you play it. And that's the way that I always look at it when – when a guy gets injured, and I've played on multiple teams with guys that have gotten injured, and the guy goes, well, I, I can't play like him. And I go, you're not supposed to play it like him. You're supposed to play it like you like you are. And that's the, the, the one thing that if I can tell any guy who's stepping up for the next player, 
play it the way you want to play it. But when you play it, play it hard as you can. Yeah, they got to get Pat Elfin back, their center. Mike Remmer's been battling yeah. a, a back injury. They get those guys back. I still think uh, they got a great shot to make a run to being the first home team ever to host the Super Bowl. I know we'll see you Super Bowl week in the morning. meantime. I look forward to watching your football life. That's this Friday, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, NFL Network. It'll be the 100th episode of Football Life series in the series history. And, of course, it'll focus on our guest, John Randall. John, congrats on the football life and all your successes in your life. Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you guys for having me. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. And now... Here's what we do. We bring back for you a portion of a show you can hear earlier on Fox Sports Radio, whether it's SiriusXM Channel 83 or any of our uh, list uh, of affiliates. In this case, Undisputed, which is Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, Joy Taylor, you can hear it on Sirius XM Channel 83. Skip had this to say about um, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. I sat back last night. You know how much I love me some Tom Brady. And I thought at the end of the game, Tom Brady's going to have a hard time winning that game next week, next Sunday at Pittsburgh. I just think it's set up. Now, remember, Brady has to play tonight against a a division rival, it used to be an arch rival. It's a hard game for them at Miami. Monday night, travel back to Foxborough and then have to travel on a short week to Pittsburgh. It should be big advantage Pittsburgh. I hear all the, the negatives, but I'm looking at their glasses half full because as perplexing as they've been all year, I don't think since Montana to Rice, I've seen a more lethal, deep threat combination than Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. I, got to, I, I was just spellbound by it. I just sat back last night and said, you're kidding. They just did it again to a team that knows them as well as that team knows anybody? Uh, yeah, they did. But I would also tell you that the Ravens ran up and down the field on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And some of it is carryover from the short week preparation of playing against Cincinnati Bengals. Some of it is not having Ryan Chazier. Um, and some of it is the familiarity. But like, and I, I think it is a hard game for the Patriots. I'm not disputing that. It's a hard game in the, and you'll get the, the absolute best that the Steelers have. The Chazier injury is that big a deal. It just is. And it should also be pointed out that while they're playing against the Dolphins, the Dolphins stink. They're just not very good. And if I'm uh, if I'm Bill Belichick, I try and get a lead and get Tom Brady the hell out of the game for the fourth quarter. Uh, but a lot of us are looking at this as, well, this is the deciding game as to th- this upcoming Sunday night as to who gets, or excuse me, Sunday afternoon, as to who gets home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's what are looking at. Uh, but it should be pointed out that the Patriots have the Bills and the Jets in their last two games of the year, both at home. Those are two wins. Uh, The Steelers have the Texans and the Browns also should be two wins. But I'm not sure it matters as much when you don't have Ryan Chazier. I just, I think that's a crippling injury for them. Even if the rest of the, you know, you got to figure that the Chargers are going to be around. Like the Chargers have shown, Phillip Rivers has shown the ability long time ago to go into Indy and get in a win. The Chargers, every game they play is essentially a road game. Hell, toughest road game of the season is going to be the Chargers playing at home against the Raiders on the 31st of December. That'll be a road game. So I think the the Steelers, do I think Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are great? I do. 
I don't think Roethlisberger is anywhere near his peak. He's not a he's not a great quarterback in any aspect. He's a, he's good, not great. And I don't think it necessarily matters because without Ryan Shazier, I don't believe the Pittsburgh Steelers can get by the Patriots in the playoffs. What does the fuck say? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 